Good afternoon. And um, I usually have the Pastor Jay broadcast on Thursday mornings, but uh, I was just sitting at home and and uh, I um, do send out encouraging words every day. Well, Monday through Friday, I have a long list of people that I sent out over the uh, internet uh, via email and uh, I write some on Facebook. Sometimes I put them on other platforms. And I just thought this would encourage you all uh, just to take about 10 of my encouraging words that I I like to just read to you, encourage you, uh, no matter what you're dealing with and what you're struggling with. Uh, I believe that God, God has answers. And sometimes we just need to be encouraged and to encourage each other. You know, uh, the Bible says that uh, David encouraged himself. Uh, he had gone through something where he had come back uh, to the village and found out that his enemies had taken all the women and children and and um, they uh, began to blame him for what had happened. And he was pretty distraught. He was pretty upset. And the Bible says, and David encouraged himself. And sometimes in uh, life, there's no one around but God, you, God and the Holy Spirit. But that's enough. To and, and to have the Holy Spirit minister to you. And sometimes you have friends come along and they encourage you. And uh, uh, like my pastor used to say years ago, one word from God can change your whole situation. So I picked out about 10 of them. I won't be long. Um, I won't try to do too much commentary with them, but I hope that these can be a blessing to you, uh, whether you're reading them live or, or listening to them live or listening to them at some other date. But uh, these are just some of the things that God lays on my heart daily to share with people that encourage and inspire. And uh, I hope they be a blessing to you. The first one is the most important thing that God will teach you is how to love people. It's the only proof uh, that we have to prove that we know God. A lot of times we can say we know a lot about God, but the only proof that God says that he gave us to know that we truly have a relationship is how we treat people and how we treat people is to love people the way we want to be loved is to love people the way Christ loves us. So if you want to be encouraged in uh, in your relationship with people. Treat them the way you want to be treated. Love them the way you want to be loved. It's, you're not concerned about uh, how they're loving you. Your number one concern is how you're loving them. The second one is God never changes. It's our understanding of God that should be constantly changing. A better understanding of God causes change. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, 7, in all you're getting, get understanding. Uh, one of the seven habits of highly effective people um, says that before you want to be understood, make sure you understand. A lot of times when we talk to people, the most important thing is that they understand us. No, the most important thing in relationships and communication is that you understand them first, and then you can give an intelligent answer based on your understanding of them. You can show that you're understood. So a better understanding of God and the only way that you can have change is to get an understanding 
of him. So in all you're getting, God, give me an understanding, an understanding of what's going on around me, an understanding of what's going on in me, an understanding of the thoughts that I have, an understanding of the things uh, that are coming at me. Lord, you figure all these th things out for me and you show me. Again, get understanding. The third one is, it's hard to see God when we have things in our lives that's blocking our view. It's hard to see God when we have things in our lives that are blocking our view. Uh, things like jobs, children, family, careers, obligations. We can get so caught up. You know, one of the popular words that I hear young people speak is they're grinding. And I get it. It's, it's To me, it's a term that means hard work and there's nothing wrong with hard work. But you can get so success focused and you can get so goal oriented that you forget the person, the one that can help you achieve that goal the most. The one that can help you uh, to get to that place in your business, that place in your marriage where you're just you're working hard to reach something and not realizing God is the one that can prepare a way for you. And you can get uh, like I said, it, it's hard to see God when you have all of these things blocking your view. Sometimes you need to retreat. Sometimes the best way to go forward is to retreat where you take a step back, take some time, get away from everything and say, God, I want to see my life the way you see my life. I want to see you where my life is going the way you see it. And what I tell people, this is not even on my list, but the best, the highest form of faith is rest. And how do you rest? You put God in charge of the results. Man, that's a word. You put God in charge of the results. That way you don't have to work hard. You'll work smart. The fourth one is people aren't impressed with how much we know about the Bible. They're impressed with how well we live the Bible. And as a as a pastor and a minister, I get around a lot of people just because I'm around a lot of preachers. And a lot of times we try to impress each other with what we know about the Bible. The real impression or the best impression that you can make about Bible knowledge is how you live. Not how well you can teach it, not how well you can preach it, not how well you can explain it, or even not how well you can correct it. The best way is when people can sit back and observe your, the Bible talks about uh, observing your conversation, which simply means a lifestyle where people observe a lifestyle. And, and the people uh, that really can be impressed with you are the people that know you best and people that live with you. And if you can't impress them with how you live the Bible, maybe you really don't even know that much about the Bible. Maybe you just know, uh, or let me say this, maybe you're not really committed to what you say you know. Because again, people aren't impressed with what you say you know about the Bible. People are impressed when they sit back and they can observe how you live the Bible. And now they can use the way you live as a role model. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He didn't say, just follow me as I talk about Christ. He says, follow me as I live Christ before you. That would be the qualification for you to follow me. Number five, many, I have 10, many people believe that we only need Jesus to keep us out of hell. Jesus came to teach us a better way of living. 
I believe the most important thing that Jesus did was to teach us a new and better way of living, that his message wasn't just, I'm trying to keep you um, um, from eternity in hell. What I'm really trying to teach you is how to get along with people, how to love people, um, uh, how to treat people, how to love yourself, how to forgive yourself how to give people grace, how to give people mercy, how to give people understanding. Those are the greatest lessons that Jesus taught us. And that's why we need him. Praise God for uh, eternal life and all those things. But it's living here on earth. That's the, that's, that is the most important thing that Jesus taught us is that he wants us that as it is in heaven, so let it be here on earth. That's the that's the life that Christ wants us to live. And that's the one that we should want to strive for and not just say, well, I'll I'll live a life of uh, I'll live this terrible life here on earth. But at least I go to heaven. No, I want to represent God here on earth that on earth as it is in heaven. Number six, the Bible is for correcting me, not you. I can correct. I can best correct you by letting you see my correction. The Bible is for correcting me, not you. I can best correct you by letting you see my corrections. A lot of times when you're criticizing people or maybe uh, thinking you're correcting people, what it does is that opens them up to see your flaws. And you know how the enemy uses that. He says, you know, you, you, you need to go correct yourself. A conversation I, my wife has told me while I was trying to correct her. She said, you need to go correct yourself. You got enough issues that you don't even need to say anything to me. And that's what it opens the door. And a lot of, and a lot of people think it's more important. And I know they go to the scripture that the Bible is for correction. And I'm using the Bible to correct you. No, the best correction that you can use the Bible for is to correct you and then go tell people how the Bible has corrected you. And you will inspire people to be corrected, not by just you pointing the finger at them, but by you being a living example, being a living witness of how God has corrected you, because that becomes your testimony. That becomes your witness that the same God that can correct you is the one that correct me. So I spend most of my time talking about how I was corrected and less time talking about how you need to be corrected. You know, I person said, well, they don't want to receive correction. Well, maybe you're not qualified to give the correction. You might have the right message, but you're the wrong messenger. Think about that. Number seven, Jesus didn't come to punish us for doing wrong. He came to forgive us, correct us, and empower us to what's right. Jesus was interested in what's right. He's not interested in going around pointing the finger about what you're doing wrong. He's interested in you doing right. That's why we're called righteous, because God sees us as right. He sees us as having the ability. Righteous means that I can stand before God without any guilt, fear, or condemnation as if I've never done anything wrong. That's what forgiveness does. And so he's not here to point out uh, this sin, that sin, this sin. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I can show you how to do things right. Because if you focus on doing what's right, you don't have to be concerned about what's wrong. If that's where your focus is at.
Number eight, never criticize someone for a, for a decision you never had to make. Never criticize someone for a decision that you never have to make. Now, why do I say that? You have no idea the pressure. You have no idea what all went into someone making a decision, even if it was a bad decision. Remember now, you criticizing for uh, criticizing someone for a decision you never had to make. You never had that kind of pressure on you. You never had all of these things coming at you, whether you make a good decision or a bad decision. Most of the time we, we sit back and we're Monday morning quarterbacks and we're looking in the past and we can point at people, you know, even as Adam, a lot of a lot of self-righteous Christians say, boy, I can't wait till I get to heaven till I see Adam. And then I'm going to sit down and talk to him about, man, what were you thinking about? God had given you this beautiful earth and you went out and sinned against God. And I want to, well, again, you don't know what kind of pressure Adam was under. You don't know what caused him to make that decision. Never go around criticizing people for a decision you never had to make. And it's when you make decisions and you make bad decisions, then you can understand what it's like to make a decision that someone else never had to make. I'm so glad that God gives us empathy, empathy, uh, empathetic understanding, that he knows he, even for those of us that sin which is all of us. He knows the pressures that we're on, the, the, the habits, not to excuse what we do, the habits that we form, some of us, the addictions that we're under. He knows about that. He understands that. And he still doesn't show up with guilt and condemnation. He shows up with love. And he says, let me love you through it. Let me help you through it. I'm not here to beat you up for a bad decision that you made. And neither should we be as followers of Jesus Christ. We're not here to beat somebody up for a bad decision, especially one we never had to make. We're there, we're there to help them, to lift them up. Number eight, number nine, one of the most important lessons I learned from Jesus Christ is that my sins are sicknesses that needs to be forgiven and healed, not a crime that need to be judged and punished. This was huge for me. I'll say that again. One of the most important lessons I learned from Jesus Christ is that my sins are sicknesses that need to be forgiven and healed, not a crime that need to be judged and punished. Jesus called himself the great physician. Jesus said to, to a bunch of people that were criticizing him for hanging around, for being around people that they call sinners. And he looked at them and kind of sarcastically said, uh, you that are whole don't need a physician. In other words, you think that you're so perfect and you think that you're healed. You, I'm a doctor. I see myself as a doctor. I, you call them sinners. I call them sick. And because I don't look at them with judgmental eyes and I don't look at them uh, to punish them, I don't see what they do as a crime that needs to be punished. I see what they're going through as a sickness that needs to be healed. And the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what Jesus said in Luke 4, 18, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach the deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm the healer. 
Acts 10, 38, how Jesus Christ of Nazareth went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. And so when he looks all over the world and he see people doing evil and wicked things, he doesn't say, boy, they need to be judged and punished. That's for the government to do when they're breaking laws. Uh, they have plenty in place to judge and punish people. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, my first reaction to them is they need to be forgiven and they need to be healed. The last one, number 10, it says God's love should lead you to God's grace, God's mercy, forgiveness, and empathetic understanding. God's love, God's unconditional love, because this is the way God treats us. He treats us with unconditional love. We can't do anything to get him to stop loving us. And so that's the way we would treat people, uh, that nothing someone can do to us that should be able to get us to stop loving them. Now, sometimes you have to love them with a restraining order. Sometimes you have to love them uh, in a different home. Sometimes you have to love them in a different city, <laughs> but you don't stop loving them. You don't stop wanting God's best for them even if you and I cannot get along. Why? Because that's God's love. And God's love is progressive. You grow in this love. And, and the first thing that you start understanding about God's love is that I need to give them grace. I need to give them things, uh, favor that they can't earn, they can't pay for, that I just decided to give them to them. I speak well of them. I want good things to happen for, for them. I want God's blessings in their life. Regardless of our relationship, I still want God's best for them. That's what God's love will lead you to. It will lead you to God's grace. It will also lead you to God's mercy, not giving you, not giving, wanting them to have the judgment and punishment uh, that you think is due them. You know, revenge, retaliation. No, I'm going to give them mercy. Again, the government already has things in place and our courts have things in place. Uh, to decide whether to give them mercy or not, or to, in some cases, ex execute their lives. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is how I treat people. The Bible says in, in Matthew 5, 44, that we should love our enemies and bless those that curse us, do good to those that hate us, pray for those that despitefully use us. And another passage says that we're to forgive those who hurt us. And that's our response to people because that's what God's love does. It leads us to grace. It leads us to mercy. It leads us to forgiveness. And it also leads us to empathetic understanding. I understand how that you were born into a bad situation. I understand uh, that the pressure that your peers put on you. I understand how you got caught up in that addiction. I understand how you got caught up in that habit. I understand. Uh, I understand it by my own sin why you sin. I understand by my own bad decisions how you can make a bad decision. I have empathetic understanding for you. That's why I don't, when I see you, I see me. 
That's the way Jesus wants us to see all humans. That when I see another human, I see me. I see another human that has that has good, bad, and ugly. When I see another human, I see a, another person that has made mistakes just like me, that has done good things just like me. I That's what I should have for all humans is empathetic understanding. And then what the apostle Paul said, which is so rich in 1 Corinthians 15, when he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Another writer, he says, uh, uh, therefore, but for the grace of God, go I, that I was just one bad decision away from being in prison the rest of my life. I understand that. I was just one bad decision away from being addicted to drugs. You got to understand that. I'm just one bad decision away from getting involved with the wrong people. All of us are that way. And when you see other people that have made those decisions and they're reaping the and they're reaping uh, what they've sown, man, I don't point the finger and say you get what you deserve. Nobody gets what they deserve. Nobody gets what they deserve. That's the good and the bad. You got to get that. And so when I look at people, I look at people through the eyes of empathetic understanding. Well, this was just a quickie that I wanted to do. Uh, every Thursday morning at 10.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time, I'm on Facebook Live. I'm on, um, what else I'm on? Facebook, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, please uh, please hit subscribe. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, share this with other people or Twitter, share this with other people. I just wanted to give you a quick word of encouragement. I have hundreds of these. I believe the Lord is leading me maybe one day to publish them. Uh, I put them out daily just to encourage us and to grow in the things of God. Well, you enjoy the rest of the day and uh, I will see you real soon. God bless.